Defense go to work. Special teams go to work. Offense, you know what to do. All right, everybody, welcome in. This is the latest episode of the 1796 Sports Podcast. It's myself, normal ball fan, and Ryan, as always. And we got a special guest. We have Maggie Johnson with us today. Maggie, how are you doing? I'm good. Thanks for having me. Yeah, absolutely. So we're going to talk a little bit about Mizzou, of course. That's the hot topic. Um, NVF, how do you want to get us started today? Honestly, I'm going to hit you with a question right away. I really want to talk about the best wide receiver on the team. Uh, obviously, I don't believe this whole headline that he's questionable for the game. It, I know he's got he's a competitor. He's not going to sit this game. This game has big expectations for both teams. It's a big game. Um, Luther Burden, I mean, how serious is, is the injury? Um, can we expect maybe limited snaps, or is he going to be 100% to go? Here's my opinion on it. Okay, so he's been listed as questionable or probable basically every game since the Memphis game. So he got hurt about halfway through the Memphis game. And he's been – he's limped through quite a bit of the season, but he is a tough kid. He's a tough 20-year-old. He's a – like you said, he's a competitor. He wants to play on the field. And I don't know how much of the game you guys were able to watch – Last week against Georgia, I'll be honest, I didn't watch much of the Tennessee-UConn game. It's just kind of, you know, how it is whenever I was at the Georgia game. So it just, you know, I was in Athens. But he, after his injury, he got pushed on the sidelines. I also don't know how many people you guys have on your sidelines. There's a lot of people on the sidelines in Athens. Like, literally where the hedges are, there's just like, like a, thousands of people around the hedges. You can't even see the hedges. There's so many people um, around them. But after that, honestly, he was a glorified decoy. That's kind Mm. of what he did. And I know a lot of Georgia fans were kind of saying that Lassiter locked him up. Uh, He was a decoy. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) I mean, we talk about Georgia fans all day if we want. Yeah, yeah, I, I believe it. I mean, he got a couple, a couple of targets. He got the two point conversion, uh, in the fourth quarter, but really, it was it was Theoise's game after that. They they weren't even really looking at Burden. I think that he's gonna play. I don't think you're gonna tell him that he's not going to play. <laughs> but that's just what I believe. He might have limited snap snaps, he might have limited targets, but I personally think that he will play. This yeah, game's he- too important. It's too it's too important to him. It's too important to his teammates. And he really is as much as people say he's force fed the ball. I don't also don't believe he's force fed the ball, but you know, people are saying that anyways, he really is a team player. And I think that he wants to do it for his teammates. Well, even if he's not force fed the ball, I mean, it would be totally understandable if he was, because I I tell them all the time, um, I've always said this all season. I think Mizzou has probably the best one-two punch at receiver. Um, 
because Theo Weiss doesn't get talked about nearly as much as Burden does for obvious reasons. But Theo Weiss is a good player. Like Theo Weiss would be the number one receiver on several teams in the SEC. Like I think Theo Weiss is really good. Um, He's a former five star. That's exactly. what people don't understand. I, I don't. A lot of people are like they'll talk about it and I'm like, he, he's a star. And I mean, Mookie Cooper is great. He was a four star. He got recruited to go play at Ohio state. Um, Marquise Johnson, he was the six, a state champ in the state of Texas in the 100 meter dash. I mean, we have so many good wide receivers at, at Mizzou and it, I would take our wide receiver core out of, probably most of the wide receiver cores in the sec to be honest with you yeah that that's i i agree with you on that like objectively i think that's true and i don't know how much you've kept up with us in the last few weeks the tennessee um our secondary ryan you can speak on this our secondary without kamal Haddon. kamal Haddon was i think by pff rated him as the second or third best corner in the entire country and um he hurt his shoulder in the Bama game. He's out for the season. And since he's been out, it is an entirely different secondary. It, I mean, it's guys that shouldn't be starting in the SEC. Well, can I cut you off there, Bryce, though? Yeah. There, there's one thing, though, that has been an issue the past, you know, couple weeks without Kamal Haddon, though. I mean, we, we haven't been getting to the quarterback nearly as well. And when we don't get to the quarterback, especially with playing a guy like Brady Cook, if you don't get the Brady Cook – I think his last name is going to be what he's doing all day. He's going to be cooking our secondary. Because if you do not get to him, uh, you could stop Schrader all day long. Uh, it's just – you just can't stop him. And ever since that Bama game, we haven't been getting to the quarterback as well. So that's a big factor. For sure. I mean, getting to the quarterback takes some pre- – I mean, our corners are being asked to keep guys covered for six, seven, eight seconds. So, I mean – it's it's going to be harder to stay in front of guys when when you're asked to be do it for that long. Um, so Maggie, I wanted to ask you one of my questions real quick, and I changed it actually. This isn't one of the ones I wrote down, but you said you were in Athens last week. Mm-hmm. So I want to know if you agree with me on this. I mean, obviously I'm biased. I think Neyland is the best environment in college sports. Um, I think Athens, just from TV, I've never been there. It looks like it sucks. It looks like no, it it looks like nothing is special. I mean, like it's not very loud. At least it's not on TV. I just it's weird to me because like everybody talks about Georgia fan, Georgia fan, but I feel like on TV it just is it doesn't look very intimidating. So I will say that the town of Athens is pretty great. Like okay, the downtown of Athens is pretty great. Now I have not been to Knoxville. I will admit I have not been to Knoxville. So I cannot compare the two and the stadium. I will agree with you. I don't think the stadium is really anything to write home about. I don't think it really sets itself apart from anything. There was, there's nothing really super unique about it. I wouldn't say it's anything crazy loud or anything like that. The barking's a little excessive for me. I I think they do it a little bit too much. 
Yeah, it's a uh, <laughs> it was funny because I remember when the first game, I think the first SEC game we ever played was Georgia at Mizzou. And I remember reading an article and Georgia fans were like, all they do is say M-I-Z-Z-O-U. It's the only thing that they do. And I, that like stuck to me. And then so whenever I was there and I was like, literally the only thing you do is bark. Everything is like on kickoffs, on first downs. It's like yeah. the only thing. So that was just like a little a little much for me. They, I don't know. The fans were fine. They, the fans are nicer in person than they are on Twitter. I will definitely. Isn't everybody? Everybody is. Yes, definitely everybody is. But yeah, I mean, I really like the downtown. I will say that. I think it's really cool. The, the campus is beautiful. The bell tradition's great. I, I wish <laughs> they wouldn't have gotten to ring the dang bell. But <laughs> oh, trust me, we were all all three of us were rooting hard for Mizzou to pull that one off. Oh, so man. Ryan, and we oh, and we almost had him. We almost. I know, gosh, <laughs> was, that me and Ryan were talking about it. Um, the the phantom offensive interference review that you know never gets called against any other team. Yeah. Anyway, that, well, it's funny. Lovely. It's funny too because they would put up the they put up the the replays on the screen. And they would put like the grid so that you could see kind of what the multiple views and they would only put up the the view that made it look the best every <laughs> single time on the on the grid in the stadium. So they boo the entire time in the stadium. It is it that is also crazy. That is one thing that they do. And I've never seen that happen in a stadium either. <laughs> Ryan, did you want to ask her your first question? Yeah, first off, before I ask that, I'd just like to thank you for leaving any Georgia fan that talked to you on Twitter in a cloud of red mist after you got done with them. <laughs> doing doing the Lord's work. Um, well, it's so funny because they they think that I'm, like, taking it so seriously. But I have so many Georgia fan friends, and, like, even they're, like, laughing at me. Like, one of them said something to me today. And I just like trolled them back with the comment and cause they know that I'm like joking like the entire time. And it's just, it's hilarious. Yeah. But <laughs> again, thank you for that. But the question I wanted to ask you was who's a player on Missouri that may not be a household name that really contributes to the team's success. May not be a household name um, to like outsiders. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so a lot of people actually don't – this actually surprises me. A lot of people don't know about Chris Abrams' drain, um, which is kind of a surprise to me. He's one of the top cornerbacks in the entire country, and a lot of people don't know about him as well. People will be like I, – I was listening to uh, like a national – a, um, a national – not a podcast, but like a media thing – and they were talking about how Mizzou's secondary is like dog water. This was a few weeks ago, maybe before. Who was it? It was like Jake Crane's brother or something, maybe. And they were talking about how Mizzou's secondary was dog water. And I was like, well, our safeties aren't great, but our cornerbacks are really, really, really good. And it's an Ennis Rakestraw on Chris Abrams' drain. Like Chris Abrams' drain is probably going to be like a first or second round draft pick. So I would say he's one of them. Um Darius Robinson, uh, he's a defensive lineman. I think if he 
he leads our team in sacks and in pressures. I think if he gets to um, gets to um, Joe Milton, I think he's going to be a problem as well. So I think those two would be big ones. I would say Tennessee fans would probably want to watch out for this weekend. Gotcha. Gotcha. Great. Yeah. So we were, I was looking and, you know, it's probably good for you, bad for us. So Tennessee is obviously known for running the three headed monster running backs. And then <laughs> yeah. as Seriously. of late, as of late, Joe Milton's been running a lot, which is nice. Yep. <laughs> but the thing is, as you know, Missouri has a pretty good run defense. I think you're in the twenties in the country. Um, mm-hmm. And the pass defense, you can get you can get passed on a little bit. I think you kind of alluded to it. Your safeties aren't the best. You can get beat deep every once in a while. So, but the problem is, is we're not LSU. <laughs> we don't have. We're not going to be able to do what LSU did. I mean, we have some decent receivers. It's it's been a, a thing all year though, where our passing game is just not consistent. It's not like it was last year with Hendon Hooker and Jalen Hyatt. Thank it's, goodness. Yeah. So <laughs> I don't know. I mean, we'll get into this later, but I'm not predicting a 60 point outburst again. So uh, NVF, what what do you think? What are you looking for in this game from the Vols? Honestly, it's, it's crazy to say, but I, I mean, Joe Milton has to have the best game of the season. And we say that every week, but it's true. I mean, I think Joe needs to run. I mean, we've seen what Jaden Daniels can do. I know Joe Milton's no Jaden Daniels, but I mean, if Joe can do what he did against Kentucky and use his legs a little bit and have the accuracy he had on the run, I mean, and we saw it last week. I mean, he threw a dart to Squirrel White on in stride, going 21 miles an hour, perfect pass. I mean, if he could do that consistently, we're going to have ourselves a good offensive day because – like you said, three-headed monster. One of the running backs is going to get going as long as the offensive line can play somewhat decent. Um, it's very hard to stop a Tennessee run. Like, I mean, it's different. When, like, you look at the Florida game. Florida stopped us completely. I mean, we couldn't get anything going. So, not saying that can't happen again, but it's going to be tough. I mean, Tennessee's coming in with a lot of momentum, and I understand Missouri lost to Georgia – but that does hurt your momentum a little bit. But they're home. I think it's going to be a. Uh, I think it's going to be a really close game. I think it, it's going to remind me of a maybe not as high scoring, but Missouri LSU game. It's kind of. I feel like it's going to be that type of game. I don't know about you guys, but. Well, and I think if it is, if that is the case, I mean, I think that favors Mizzou. Unfortunately, I think. <laughs> I have talked about Mizzou all all season about I think Brady Cook is good. I don't know I don't understand why people a lot of people think he's not good. I mean, I know he's been inconsistent before this year, but I mean, I think their passing offense is I think if you put Tennessee's defense and running backs with with Brady Cook and Luther Burden, I think it'd be the best team in the SEC. I mean, I just think that's how much I think of them. Um obviously I'd rather it not be a high scoring game because I like I said, I don't think that favors us. I think Tennessee is going to have to control the time of possession. Um, well, also, you, you got to remember, too, and I'm not trying to be that annoying ball fan, okay? But, I mean, Josh Heupel has owned Eli 
for the past two years. Okay. Uh, and I trust Heupel. And the thing is, when Tennessee under Heupel, if Tennessee scores over 30 points, he's 14 and one. I mean, the, the, the goal for Missouri is to keep us under 30 because especially with the, our defense this year, our defense is way better than last year. And we'll see. I mean, you got to get to the quarterback. Like I said, if, if Brady cook does not get disrupted at all, it's going to be a long day for Tennessee. So, well, and I also think um, that Missouri, the key for Missouri would be to to not let Tennessee get off to a fast start because when you're, it's it's kind of hard to play from behind when you're a run first team. So exactly, Ryan, where would you want to go next? Do you want to ask your second question? Yeah, I was just talking about what Tennessee would have to do to win. Um, if our secondary turns in another performance like they had against Kentucky, this it, it's going to get ugly fast because Brady Cook is better than Devin Leary. I don't think it's close. Yeah, Maggie, I don't know if you know or not, but a couple of weeks ago, I mean, we won, but the Tennessee secondary without Kamal Haddon, it made Devin Leary look like prime Joe Montana. Well, we we let him look like prime Joe Montana in the first quarter of the game against Kentucky. And we got down fast, and then we embarrassed Kentucky. Yeah. Which I'm but, happy about. Yeah. I think we scored about, uh, what do we do, like 21 unanswered. And then we let them score, and then we scored like another 17 unanswered. So, yeah, we we blew them out after that. But it we let them – walk all over us for a quarter and then we our defense has played phenomenal since that first quarter of football like just wreaked havoc basically on every single team we have played i mean we've controlled the line of scrimmage as i mean even against georgia we did i mean kirby even said that in his interviews I mean, there's no reason we should have even lost to Georgia. To no, I thought you guys were going to Offensive and defensively, we controlled the line of scrimmage. And that's the key to this game. I mean, yeah, agree. If, if Tennessee's offensive line plays well and can stop, you know, Missouri from getting to Joe, uh, it, same thing goes vice versa. I mean, whoever wins the trenches is going to win this game. And it's, it's almost a, uh, you know, a hundred percent lock on if whoever wins this game, it's going to be by getting to the quarterback. One of the, one of the keys and Josh Pate talked about this too, but we talked about it on our podcast on Monday. One of the, a, a crazy thing. And I think it could work in Tennessee's favor is the struggles that Mizzou has in the red zone. So we, we score a lot in the red zone, but the problem is, we score a lot of field goals in the red zone. But so, we can say the same thing about us. Yeah, our red well, zone. Th- yeah, so we're 37 of 38 in the red zone scoring points, but only 25 of those are touchdowns. So That's still Harrison pretty good. Me- well, yeah, Harrison Mevis is, uh, kicks a lot of field goals. He's like, I think he is like one of the top – like. Past he broke the it. Top score. Yeah, he broke the yeah. highest score of in Mizzou history or something. But um yeah, so if Mizzou can convert more of those into touchdowns, Mizzou can win this game. But 
we've got to we've got to convert those into touchdowns. We just well, have that's to. I think that's an underrated aspect of the game too. I I kind of forgot about. So I mean, we know Harrison Mavis can hit from sixty, so. Yeah. That's something to keep in mind at the end of the game, because I mean, if you, I think all of us think this is going to be close. I don't, I don't think anybody's really predicting a blowout. Um, that could play a role. I mean, he's got a leg. He does. I was going to ask you, Maggie. Do you are have you been surprised where your where Mizzou is sitting at right now? Now I know. I don't want to sound like a jerk, but most people like not in Missouri. Probably don't think about Mizzou as much as, you know, and now after this year, it might not be the case because, I mean, this year's turned a lot of people's heads. But I think a lot of times, you know, like the Vandy, the Arkansas, the Mizzou kind of get overlooked. Vandy and Arkansas, rightfully so. Missouri is kind of outperforming what a lot of people thought. Now, did people in Columbia think that this was possible this year? So at the beginning of the year, I picked on our podcast, I picked Mizzou to go eight and four. And here's was kind of my basis on it. I looked back on last year and you look at last year's games, the games we lost. Okay. Mm -hmm. We lost big to Tennessee. We lost big to K-State. Okay. So take those, take those two out. We were never winning those games. Look, And so look at the other four close, very close games we had. We lost by four to the reigning national champions, Georgia. Okay. At home, we were winning that entire game. We'll throw that one out, even though there were a couple of questionable, there was like a false start, not called on Georgia and a couple of other things, but we'll throw that one out and we'll give them the benefit. Well, yeah, I know. Right. We'll give them the benefit of the doubt on that one. So another one, the Auburn game. Our kicker, who you guys have seen hit great kicks, 60-yarders, misses like a 17-yard chip shot to win that game. We go to overtime. Our running back fumbles the ball on the one-yard line. It goes into the end zone. Auburn recovers. They win the the ball game. Craziest game. Like, we should have easily won that game. I don't know if you guys remember that game. Dumbest game I've ever seen. Second game. Um, Kentucky, we lose that game by four because we get a roughing the punter 39 yards behind the line of scrimmage. (laughs) The NCAA has now changed that rule to make it so you can't get a roughing the punter more than five yards behind the line of scrimmage because of that game. Okay. Like literally they, they reference the Mizzou game when they changed that rule. Yeah. So that's two games. So change, we won six games. So let's pretend that maybe we win two more games and we're at eight and four already. Then another one was um, we lost to Florida by seven. And there was another very questionable call on um, uh, Anthony Richardson touchdown, which that one drove me crazy too. So I think that we should have probably won three more games than we got. Okay. So I think we should have probably been around nine and three. And Brady Cook got hurt in the K-State game where he had got surgery right after the season. Okay. Mm-hmm. So he was hurt the entire year. He played the entire year. The doctor said, you're not going to hurt it anymore than you already than you already are. You can play. We'll give you surgery. You can get surgery at the end of the season. So I knew that we were better than what we were. So I knew that this year we probably would be better. And I knew our defense, we returned almost everybody. I knew we were going to have Luther Burden back. I knew we were going to have most of our receivers back. 
So I think most Mizzou fans knew like what we had returning. But like if you're an outsider, all you see is the name on the front of the jersey. And what have you seen? Like what product have you seen? Not a good product. So you don't really pay attention to like any of that stuff. You're just paying attention to, oh, Mizzou's been crap. They're going to be crap again. It's kind of like what you get with Vandy. Like that's what you expect. You're just like, oh, I don't care what Vandy gets back. Like they're going to be Vandy. And I think like that's what most fans, and I don't want to say casual fans, but I like most people just don't really pay attention. Mm-hmm. And that's just kind of how, like, unfortunately in, in college football, like that's just kind of the way that it, like the way that it is. And that's, I just don't expect people to put the work in, like not the work that most people like you want people to put in, like sadly. Yeah. If you're, especially, you know, if you're not a brand name, like yeah, you know, a middle of the middle of the country, not a brand name. You know, it's easy yeah. to kind of fly under the radar. Yep, exactly. Yeah, I, th- I think the talk about people not respecting Missouri and just looking at the win loss record will be done after this year, because you know that we, we we keep talking about the Georgia game. Missouri should have won. I mean, they just didn't avoid that catastrophic turnover. Like I, I was totally convinced that Missouri was about to drive down the field and score. And yep, then- and same. I mean, look at the LSU game. Like, we had the ball in LSU territory with under two minutes, and it's a second and one, and we throw the ball for some reason. Like, we're running the ball fine. We throw the ball. The ball gets tipped at the line of scrimmage, so it's third and one, and then we get a snap infraction. Yep. Like, by our center, who's who has had multiple snap infractions on the season. <laughs> and, like – and then you're sitting at a, you know, you're sitting on a third and six. And then what happens? Then you get a fumble. And it's just like a downhill spot or downward spiral after that. And you just have all these opportunities. And then all those opportunities are just all because you just didn't run the ball in a second and one. You know what I mean? And it's just yeah. unfortunate. And you could be sitting at a, a nine and oh. And you're saying out of seven and two. Yeah. And that's normally how thin the margin is in college football. You say yep. that about a lot of teams. Yep. Um, I wanted to ask you if Missouri was to win this game Saturday afternoon, mm-hmm. would it be the biggest win of the Eli Drinkwitz era so far? Um, yeah, I think so. It's it's funny because we we talk about this on our podcast as well. I think every week Last week, obviously, would have been the yeah. biggest win. And then we talked about how we all thought that that was going to be a loss, okay? And I, we that was marked in my book as a loss. This was marked in my book as a loss. Tennessee was. And then as the season goes on, your mindset changes. And we were like, hey, we could be, maybe beat Georgia. But it was still marked as a loss. And now – you know, my mindset's changed about this game where I was like, well, we could maybe beat Tennessee. So your mindset just, as the season goes on, things change and factors change and players develop and things just go differently. I think as of right now, yeah. At first it was K-State. Now yeah. I think it would be Tennessee. Yeah, I, like, 
I don't know if it's felt from just a casual fan around the country, but this game is huge for both teams. Like whoever loses this game is probably going eight and four, nine and three instead of getting the ten wins. And if the twelve team playoff was this year, this would be a de facto playoff game because yeah. the one of these teams would be on the edge or are or, or getting eliminated if, if they lose on Saturday afternoon. So the magnitude of this game cannot be understated for both sides. And I don't know if you guys know this, but Mizzou's only had six 10-win seasons in their entire like history of their football program, and Gary Pinkle had five of them. Wow. And Gary Pinkle started at Mizzou in 2003 or 2004, and he retired in 2015. So, you know, he... Like it, it's a huge, it's huge for, for Mizzou. And I was at Mizzou for two of them. Um, he had two of them in 2013 and 2014. So like those two years we won the East. So, mm-hmm. I mean, there's, you know, there's these opportunities don't come very often at Mizzou and it's just such a big opportunity for Mizzou. And, and it's crazy because we don't even have the opportunity. We don't have the opportunity to even win the East, but yeah. 10 wins is still a very big stepping stone for our program. Now I, I, and I want to bring that up. You talk about winning the East and this is why, and you call me, you know, a conspiracy theorist or whatever you want to call me here. And I said it in our last podcast. Oh, I don't know God, why I don't know where this is going. I don't know why I believe this. And this has nothing to do with me being a Tennessee fan. This is kind of just being a sports fan in general. Now, hear me out. These <laughs> the the way these games are called, Tennessee has not had a flag called against them in 12 quarters. Or call, you know, in our favor. It's been 12 quarters. No holdings, nothing like that like has been called. So you're going on 3 weeks in a row of no calls. You're going into Missouri the game of this magnitude, your opponent the following week is playing a top 10 school at home at night. So that game, you know, is different aspect. But anyway, Tennessee goes into Missouri, and let's say we win. Okay. Tennessee wins that game. Everybody that's watching that game is automatically going to watch the Georgia game. Here's my theory. Georgia loses. And not in a fashion that, like the fashion you guys lost last week, to where it's something stupid to make them lose, to where the following week inside Neyland Stadium would be the highest rated college football game on TV probably ever. <laughs> because it's for, it's for the East, okay? And this is like a conspiracy to me, but something makes me believe that these people are going to make this happen just for the ratings. And it's crazy to think about, but I'm telling you, I just and I, I just think it's rigged somehow to where it's going to happen. And like I said, not Tennessee fan, sports fan on this side. Yeah, I mean, it, that definitely makes sense. Like I get why, because obviously CBS, it's in their best interest for the Tennessee-Georgia game to mean something. I mean, that's two of the most passionate fan bases I mean, that draw would be insane. Um, I mean, not going to lie. If the refs want to do a little rigging in our favor, that'd be nice. <laughs> I'd rather just win. Uh, you know, I'll take I, I, 
I kind of don't. Sorry, Bryce. Go ahead. <laughs> no, I was just going to say, I kind of don't – like, I want Luther Burden to play because if Luther Burden doesn't play, that's going to be held against us. Like, everybody's going to be like, oh, well, we didn't have we didn't have our best player. We didn't have the best receiver in the SEC. Like, no, I want everybody to play. Well, and I, I don't want him to be hurt anyway. But oh, I, he's know, I want – yeah, I want him to – I think he's going to play. I mean, like she said, I, I think, you know, he's a tough guy. You wouldn't I, keep me off the field. I'll tell you that. Like, you, no coach is telling me, like, unless I have a broken leg – or something where I can't play, I'm playing. And I know Luther Burden's going to play. I mean, watching him on the football field, he will play. Yeah, I mean, we we talk about it with Josh Heupel, the way seemingly every college coach handles injuries to a big-name player. It's, you can never tell anything. So I expect that that's just some gamesmanship to try to get an edge, which surely Josh Heupel isn't believing that. So, Well, don't you think – I mean – being that Luther is a Missouri guy, like I'm, I'm assuming this means a little bit even more to him. Yeah, absolutely. And, and I think and was that's... he on the team last year, or is he a freshman? Sophomore. Okay, so he he's he was in the game where Tennessee went and scored that extra touchdown. So like, oh yeah, this uh, these players that were there last year, which you said the whole defensive group is back, pretty much. So they know. That this game, they want to win personal. this game. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they, they talked about it. Oh they've yeah, talked about, they've talked about it. It, I mean, <laughs> was it six, 60 to twenty something two weeks and two years in a row? I mean, they they definitely that's they had a lot of bulletin board material this week. But and that's where it comes up to me though is like I just don't see it as the player's fault. At that point, it comes to coaching because, like I said, Josh Heupel has owned Drinkwitz. And it's been at a coaching standpoint because, I mean, Missouri wasn't not talented. Yeah, we're not 40 points better than Missouri. Well, we, right. were, in, we were in the game until the third quarter last year. Yeah, right. I, it, was, it was like us at Bama this year. It's like you came out and it's like, what, what happened? Like, where where'd the team go? It, I think it was 28-24 with like eight minutes left in the third, and then it yeah. was a blowout. Yeah, the, the, yeah, it just fell apart from there for the Tigers, mm-hmm. but – I, I mean, 128 points in two seasons. You give up 700 rushing yards over the two games, too. I mean, yeah. Missouri's defense is going to be ready to prove something for once against Josh Heupel, and the Tennessee's going to have to be ready for it. I mean, and, the, oh, go ahead, go ahead. Maggie. I was going to say, here's the only thing with the conspiracy theory, though. Like, do you do you think this late in the season that? They would rig something for Georgia to lose. That's my only, that's my only thing. That's my only like, mm, do you think they would, do you think they would risk it? Uh, I think they would. It would be worth the memes to see Lane Kiffin (laughs) win. Oh my God. Yeah. You think Tennessee, Tennessee fans hate Lane Kiffin. I don't know if you knew this. We love him now. We are his biggest fans this week. Like, (laughs) I'm serious. I might even throw on an Ole Miss shirt when I, you know, <laughs> after the game this week, okay? Because I will be an Ole Miss fan during that game. But no, you make a good point. I mean, why do it? But here's my thing: is like I'm not saying that Tennessee would win against Georgia. It's just bringing the ratings and all that aspect. Uh, I'm saying that just for well, the you're saying they'd have week. to lose this weekend. Though. Yeah, you're saying that they would have to lose this week. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. I'm saying that Tennessee could definitely win this game 
but they could they can win this game by themselves. I'm not saying we will win this game, but they can. But Georgia is I don't know. So like I said, somehow some way that they'll make some stupid call like they did against you guys and make a team lose cuz that's exactly what happened. You guys lost cuz of that dumb call. And it, that's what I'm saying. It, same thing with the Alabama game for us. I mean, the whole first half, you had people getting chokehold for holds, and no one's calling. There was it. So much holding, it was ridiculous. Yeah. So and all I the mean, and all they talk about is the stupid Luther Burden pushed off on a pass inter- offensive pass interference, and I'm like, oh, I know. And it's oh only the Georgia the, Georgia gets those calls, and Alabama gets those calls, and that's it. And that's what I'm saying. I think, you know, we might see a little bit differently. Like I said, it's a conspiracy. I'm not saying it's going to happen. I think Georgia should handily win this game. I think Georgia could win by three scores. But Josh, I hope not. If it well, does happen, I could definitely see it happening to Mizzou because Mizzou, that stuff with it, like. Hey, just come. <laughs> hey, just no, bookmark this right here. I said it first. <laughs> but, um, but yeah, like I said, it's just a conspiracy of mine. I feel like because. If let's say I mean let's say Tennessee loses this week and Georgia wins, the game next week means nothing. I mean, yeah, we go try to beat Georgia, but it really does mean nothing at all, you know, for us. Yeah, it's beat, like are we gonna even if, yeah, even if we beat them, I mean, we don't get anything out of it. So Yeah, I mean, are, are we gonna go to the Gator Bowl or are we gonna go to the Music City Bowl? I mean, uh, yeah. It, it well, would be if Tennessee beat Georgia even with a loss this week. Tennessee fans would kind of just go off of it as like an Alabama win, like last year where we beat Alabama and we wouldn't let them live it down for a year. So that's about all we'll get out of it is Twitter memes. So uh, that would be worth it. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, but, uh, at the beginning of the season, though, I think both of us, no matter what happens Saturday, I think Tennessee and Mizzou fans both have to be satisfied with how this season has gone to this point. Now, I know losing to Missouri is a big deal for Tennessee. Like, I don't – that would be a very big deal for us. I know it would be Uh, because we kind of have a couple games where it's like Mizzou, Kentucky – and this might change after this year. Like I said, this ain't – this isn't the Mizzou we grew up with. But, you know, you have Mizzou, Kentucky, and Vandy. And those are like the three games every year that Vols fans just go ahead and circle as a win. So even when Vandy- that's silly, it's silly though because honestly, Tennessee and Mizzou are pretty close. Like I think Tennessee only has like a one-game lead in the series, and it took you guys winning like four games in a row to finally like get that one game. Okay, Maggie, let us live in our fantasy, okay? <laughs> Uh, <laughs> no, uh, but yeah, we I pretend think, to be happy. Yeah, we, we all have battered ball syndrome. <laughs> Nothing happened past before 2021 doesn't count unless it's 1998. <laughs> well, we also had right, five right, right. downright buffoons before Hypel. So, yeah, no, somebody, could... somebody said something to me the other day. And I don't remember what it was, but they were, it was a Tennessee fan and they said something about Mizzou. And I was like, I was like, I was just like joking back with them. And I was like, last time, last time Tennessee won the East was 2007 and Mizzou was ranked number one team in the country. So let's just like, not even talk about this. 
I was like, because we're both going to be miserable if we talk, if we even go into this discussion or something like that. I uh, we give on this show we give we give quite a bit of crap to Drinkwitz, but I don't. I I, I love Drinkwitz. No, like we think I, I we all have to think at this point he is a good coach. Obviously, you'll I mean, never hear me say that. I mean, I think he's me and Ryan will say that. I think he's and a that, good coach. and that's me not trying to be you know mean or anything it's more of a i just don't like him i don't know why i just I, well we he has a rip he's kind of i mean i think maggie i think you can maybe agree with this i think he's kind of a dork um he's a nerd you don't, you don't like nerd. the tennis you don't like the tennessee shade no well, here's my thing though it's the same way because some people just don't like josh heupel they're like they just don't like him and you know coming from other fan base okay i mean i just don't expect a uh you know, a fan of a team to say, like, I don't expect Ryan to say Josh Heupel is an idiot, you know, but, you know, but some people do say that. So I think it's kind of crazy. The point was though, is he is uh, much, much better than Shane Beamer. Shane Beamer Beamer is the King dork. Like, I mean, what is Beamer ball anyways? It's not, it's not a winning game. I'll tell you that. He's a cheater. He's a cheater. (laughs) Beamer ball is uh, beating Jacksonville State and then crying yeah, they, about it. Whatever they're cheating at, they're not very good at it. Well, they got caught last year, so they stopped doing it. That's why. Beamer ball is let's run a fake punt and score a touchdown while we're down 28 points and then <laughs> act happy. Like, yeah. Matter. If, if now, his, if his dad was never a coach, he would be a high school science teacher. <laughs> Now, Maggie, I know you probably – I don't know if you have questions for, you know, us Tennessee guys, but I, I know we're, like, bombarding you with questions, so I'm kind of like – Oh, no, I love it. Yeah, um, so – No, I – um, no, I just – if you have more for me, I just, I just took a bunch of notes, so I was just, like, ready to go, so. <laughs> I actually have another question. I mean, I'm okay. talking about – since we talked about atmosphere, um, I've never been – to Missouri for a home game, mm-hmm. but uh, how many were you at the game two years ago? <laughs> no. Okay. Well, um, I and I don't remember why I wasn't there. There was a reason I wasn't there, and I'm very glad I was not at that game. I now, will say that. <laughs> that leads to my question. I I don't remember, or I can't recall watching it on TV. I, I want to know, you know, how many ball fans showed up to that game, like. I don't know. And I honestly don't know the answer to that question either because I wasn't there. But I will be able to tell you on um, Saturday after this game how many are there. But it is a sold-out crowd. I will tell you that. We've sold out every game since K-State. So they've been um, really good crowds this year, which is amazing. Um, And we actually – season tickets are at an an all-time high, which is amazing. Like – Fan engagement has been great. We have a really good um, athletic director. Her name's Desiree Reed Francois. She came in a couple of years ago from UNLV, and she's really just killed it. I mean, we have one of the only, I think there's two female athletic directors in the SEC, and she's just absolutely killed the game. I, For all the NIL stuff and all of this, I give her just as much credit for all the success that Mizzou's had recruiting and everything. Like I give her just as much success as 
like we have like the number two basketball class right now in 2024. I give her just as much credit, honestly, as the coaching staff. She's just, she's remodeling the basketball arena and she's doing all this stuff. We're going to, um, I don't know. You said you haven't been to um, Fro Field, but we're going to be remodeling up where that the Rock M is. I think we're going to keep the Rock M, but we're going to be remodeling the North End Zone. Like she's just doing so much amazing stuff for Mizzou. And I mean, I just hope she never leaves. <laughs> well, that's the same thing with Danny White. Yeah, exactly. I think it's cool that y'all have been able to – well, I mean, it's not cool. I wish they were coming here. But it's cool that y'all have been able to keep a lot of the St. Louis area talent in Mizzou for once. Because, like, you know, five, five, six years ago, a lot of these guys wouldn't have gone to Mizzou. They would have gone to the other big dogs in the SEC or in basketball. They would have gone to Kansas. So, like, now – you're keeping a lot more talent in the state, which is always a good sign. Trying to, at least. <laughs> yeah. Maggie, I had one more question for you. Um, so when Hypo left in 2017, mm-hmm. I, I think it was before y'all played in your ball game. Mm-hmm. Do Missouri fans hold any resentment for that? <laughs> um. Yeah, I would say a little bit. I don't think people are upset that he moved up because – So I'm a coach's kid. Like, that's your goal. Like, your goal is always to move up. If you're – like, he's the head coach at the freaking University of Tennessee. So, of course, like, if that's where he was always going to end up, that's amazing. You can't fault him for that. But you see so many guys, like, not kind of – a. I hate to use the word abandoned, but that's almost what it feels like. Like you had, so we played Texas and I mean, it was just the Texas bowl. So it's not like we were playing in a peach bowl or anything like that, but we were playing Tom Herman in a Texas bowl. And I, I do not like Tom Herman. And I don't know if any, if there's a soul that does like Tom Herman, but he is a freaking. Mm. Was, was that the game where he was making fun of Drew, Drew Locke on the sideline? Yes, yeah. yes, yeah. yes. And I think he is a jerk. Like, that's what probably why he's at FAU or FIU or whatever mm-hmm. Florida directional school or whatever he's at. That's probably why he's there because he is just, uh, yeah, not a fan. But I just wish that Heupel would have just, you know – just play the ball. Like, saw it through. Yeah. Saw it through. Like, because we ended up playing that bowl game without an OC. And you could tell we were playing the bowl game without an OC. Mm-hmm. I mean, you really could. And I just think that it's such a disservice to those guys. You know, it. I just feel like the players just kind of, you know, I feel like they just like deserve, you know, I just feel like they deserve that. Now, I don't hold like, like resentment towards him now like I don't you know it's been six years I don't care but back then I was just kind of like oh you you hate watching that and then you see him Tom Herman mocking him and it's just like they're there to have fun and he's you know making fun of his like backpack move and it's like what are you doing here and you yeah that just kind of sucked but yeah I think Hypo may had a reason to leave early maybe something pissed him off and that might be why he's 
hung 60 on the Tigers the last two years. I don't know. That's kind of me putting on the tenfold hat like normal ball fan was doing earlier. But uh, I mean, I think that I think that he last year, I truly think that he was probably fighting for a spot in the playoff. Yeah, I really do. I think he was probably like, this is the better, the more points I score, the better I look. And I, I truly probably like believe that. I don't think it was like, I'm going to do this just to Mizzou to be a jerk. I think he was probably doing that. And then, I mean, karma spanked him a little bit <laughs> against South Carolina. Um, that's unfortunate. But that's kind of the way it, now was Stallions involved. We don't know. But <laughs> gosh, yeah, don't get us going on that rabbit hole. <laughs> so yeah, I was going to say, I'll talk a lot if you want me to, but we're, we're kind of closing in. We, we usually go for about an hour. So we're at the 48 minute mark. So y'all want to get into some predictions? Yeah, let's do it. I All guess right, let, let's let, no, let's let the Vols fans go first because yeah, I'm most interested. Yeah, I'm most interested in Maggie's prediction. Okay. So, uh, Ryan, I guess you could lead it off. What do you think? Yeah, well, I already know Maggie's prediction because I listened to her podcast. Um, I'll stick with it too. <laughs> um, but I, I think the the two things that stand out to me that tips this game in Tennessee's favor is Tennessee has the best running offense in the SEC and the best rushing defense in the SEC. And Missouri played Georgia last week. Tough physical game. There's probably a lot of bruises on the offensive line and defensive line that they're going to play through because Georgia beats you up. And Tennessee had somewhat of a scrimmage. So I think those two things tip this game in Tennessee's favor. I mean, these teams are mirror images of each other this year. But with those two things I just said, I'm going to go with the balls 38 to 28. All right. So I agree with what you're saying. Um, I do think going back to what NVF said earlier, if the balls do win, it's going to have to be on the back of Joe Milton. I don't think you're going to be able to run like you want to against Mizzou. Um, so, but I do think that the fact that the balls were able to rest several key players last week against UConn. Um, so everybody will be back. Everybody should be pretty healthy for this point of the season, at least. So I think the Vols will be pretty rested. I think Mizzou, you know, like you said, coming off of a very tough physical game, I think it'll be hard. But then again, Mizzou's going to get up for this game, obviously. They've had this circled all offseason, I'm sure. So I think at the end of the day, it's going to come down to the final couple minutes. I don't think either on either way this is going to be a game that you can turn off. I think at the end of the day, it's going to be 31-28 Vols. I think there's a late field goal. Seals the deal like that nbf <sighs> yeah um here's my thing with this game is i do like i mean i said it it's it relies on joe milton but i don't really think this our run game is going to have trouble i'm not saying we're going to run for 400 500 yards but i think you know between what all you just said you know coming off those you know bruises from the georgia game and like I said, the motivation is going to be there. Missouri's going to come play, but Tennessee's going to come play as well. I think another thing that goes into Tennessee's benefit that we're forgetting about is that they just went on the road at Kentucky and beat Kentucky. Not a pretty game, but they still did. So um, I think 
Oh, God, this game's tough to predict. But I think Tennessee wins this game, but I I think it's going to be real close. And to the and I, when I mean close, I think it's going to be where Tennessee fans and Missouri fans are going to be at the edge of their seat this whole game. And it's going to be that one play that changes everything, I think, towards the mid-third quarter. So I'm going to say uh, 35 to 31, Tennessee. And now we get to hear from the – I didn't get to listen to your podcast yet, so I have no idea what you're about to say. So I'm kind of interested. So let's see. What you got, Maggie? Okay, so a few things we talked about last week with the Georgia game is we kind of talked about how Mizzou would need to play like a near-perfect game to win that game. Well, Mizzou had a chance to win that game, and they didn't really play a near-perfect game. Um, Committed eight penalties for 49 yards. Brady Cook threw two interceptions. Now, obviously, one of those interceptions was a little more costly than the other one, I would say. Maybe cost the game. Um, Weren't great on third downs. uh, Only went five for 13. So, I mean, will they need to play a perfect game? I don't think so, but will Tennessee need to play a perfect game? They'll probably need to play, like you said earlier, one of their better games of the year. Joe Milton will need to play one of his better games of the year. Brady Cook will need to play better than what he played last week. Now, his numbers have cooled off a little bit, but Tennessee's pass defense is like 54th in the country, and luckily where they kind of aren't their best is where we are our best. I would say our passing is better than our rushing. And I think that Mizzou will try to air it out a bit. So I'm going to go 34. I think I said 34, 20. Wait, no, I said 35, 27 Mizzou in my podcast. And I'm going to stick to that. Yeah, I respect it. Uh, I mean, it could definitely close happen. game. It's going to be close, one hundred percent. We're not. Neither team's going to blow the other team out. Yeah, I think this is the type of game. It's such a toss-up. I mean, it's a pick 'em or minus one in favor of one team. Wherever you look for for betting odds, I mean, this is the kind of game where if you're a Mizzou grad, you cheer, you you pick Mizzou. If you're a Tennessee grad, you pick Tennessee. And I think that's what we're showcasing here. See, I'm a, I'm on the opposite train. If I want Tennessee to win, I bet I bet against Tennessee. <laughs> yeah. But um Oh yeah, I don't I will not touch this game. Oh, no, absolutely not. At all. Absolutely no not. Not touching it. And I you will say pay this me mil- to do it. it is military appreciation um game. So I just want to throw out there if anybody's listening and they're military, uh thank you for your service. Here, here. <laughs> but um I know, uh, uh, Ryan, Bryce, you have anything else you want to ask her? No, I think I'm, I think I'm good. Um, Ryan. Maggie, I would like you to plug whatever you got going on with your content. Yep, absolutely. You get, get the floor. <laughs> um, so you can find me on Twitter at Maggie L Johnson, mainly Mizzou content, but, um, Mizzou basketball, football, but I mean, I tweet about all sports, so. Uh, you can find that there. And if you want to listen to my podcast, uh, it's through the KC Sports Network. 
And you can find it on anywhere you listen to your podcast, Spotify, uh, Apple Podcasts, YouTube, at KCSNU. And it's called Mizzou That's Who. Awesome. Well, awesome. Well, we really appreciate you coming on. And um, we can do like a little yearly thing. Maybe we can do a basketball podcast too. Oh, yeah, for sure. I'd love that. Our games are always crazy. Uh, we don't have we don't have Dre Golston, so there won't be any. Uh, well, there, I mean, there could be a half court shot, but not a Dre Dre Golston half court shot this year. Yeah. yeah, we just we just did our basketball preview, and we were talking about Ryan was talking about how like Mizzou on the road is never a guaranteed win. So, well, here here's this right. thing, and also you got to realize, Maggie, I got to stress tomorrow night and the following day. So. <laughs> I'm going to be very – I'll be drinking a lot of alcohol these next two days. Hey, no no fault in that. No fault in that. But, again, we really appreciate you coming on. Um, if you ever need anything from us, like any info from – well, I wouldn't say we're news analysts like you, but uh, we we could find our information if you ever need it. Yeah, no no problem. Thanks for having me, and uh would love to come back anytime. Awesome. Thanks, man. You know what time it is. Go Vols, baby. Yeah, go Vols. <laughs> M-I-Z.